Well, welcome to this special edition of the Tea Shots Podcast. We're going to be joined by two very special guests. We're going to be joined by Taro Katani, the number one Spurs fan from Japan. And we're also going to be joined by our good friend here, Chris Duell, the host of the Chris Duell Show on the Ticket 760. Gentlemen, thank you so much, first of all, for coming on and donating your time so we can go ahead and kind of go down a trip down memory lane. Uh, how have you all been so far? Taro, we'll start with you. How how have you been? How have you been handling the situation over in Japan? Here in Tokyo, it's, uh, the COVID cases, it's been kind of up and down. Government's kind of, rest- you know, uh, putting restrictions. But as soon as the restrictions are lightened, the cases go up. So I've been working from home pretty much over the last, like, six months or so. I just started a new job in October. I, I now work for an American pharmaceutical company, uh, Bristol Myers. Well, congratulations uh, so, to you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm working for a new company now, but yeah, I've been home. Uh, I haven't been to the office yet, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of a yeah one of those situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Duel, I know that we were talking, you know, off camera and. Mr. Chris Duell here, he likes to interact with people, especially in studio, and it's just been a change for everyone, I think, Chris. Yeah, it, it sure is. You know, this building that we do the radio show from, you've been in here many times, both of you have been in studio on the show, and it's, you know, it's like a skeleton crew. There's like 11 people, and that's WOAI, and that's my radio station, Ticket 760, and a couple others. It's like a ghost town. So, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to things getting back to normal. Yeah, we need to have some discussions and get some people in the studio with you so you can start returning to normalcy just like everybody else. But moving on here, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, how how come you guys became Spurs fans? Because this segment is, as I stated, the Spurs fan spotlight where we spotlight you, the fans. Uh, Chris, let's go ahead and start with you. What made you become a, a San Antonio Spurs fan? Were you just born into it where it's just thrust upon you or was this a team that you actually chose well as most uh of, of the people who know me know I'm, I'm an old guy so i was 13 years old when the spurs came to town in 1973 and uh just right away i knew it was a big deal i i, I knew about the aba i knew about some of the stars in the aba at the time like dr j julius irving George McGinnis of the Indiana Pacers, Artis Gilmore of the Kentucky Colonels, who would become a Spur later. Uh, so I knew this was going to be a big deal, Spurs basketball. There were people who said, oh, basketball will never work in San Antonio because it's a football town. And besides, it's not even NBA basketball, it's ABA basketball. So I started going, seeing the Spurs in season number one at the Hemisphere Arena and it was just a blast. And, and I mean, from my, from my first game, I was hooked. So I, you know, I've been a Spurs fan ever since they came to town. We're, uh, we're dying off one by one, but, uh, it, it's just been a fun ride ever since. Yeah. I bet you still remember the old red, white, and blue basketballs and going to Hemisphere Arena. Uh, tell us a little bit well, about that. Funny story. Uh, my friend Steve Duraco and I, one day before a Spurs game, they were doing warm-ups, and a Spur named Stan Love was uh, the last Spur out on the court during pregame warm-ups before they went back into the locker room. He is the father now of Kevin Love uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
he forgot the basketball. It, it, it rolled over to us, and he walked away, and it's like, you know, an hour before the game, and we're holding the ball, and I look at Steve, and he looks at me. We ran, we stole the ball. We ran out of there. <laughs> I still have that ABA ball to this day. Hopefully the statute of limitations on stealing a ball from the Spurs is, is now over, because that, that was like 1975, I think. Oh, wow. So that's that's an old ball. Only if you could get it signed now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tara, we're going to go ahead and go to you next. Uh, what made you become a Spurs fan? You know, you live all the way in Tokyo, Japan, and the NBA is a thing now, but it wasn't, you know, way back when. It slowly but surely started creeping out and went international. Uh, what What was the moment that made you become a Spurs fan? Yeah, so I... If I go back to my memory correctly, I think that the first season that I remember watching the Spurs play was during the 1990-91 season. I remember that because I remember the Bulls winning the first championship. So that that was like the first season that I started watching Spurs basketball. It was David Robinson's second season. So back in like late 80s, early 90s, basketball, for whatever reason, became a very one of the very popular sports in Japan. We had this very famous uh, comic book series called Slam Dunk that kind of also boosted the popularity of basketball in, in Japan. And we did have like maybe, I don't know, I'd say like two, we get like two NBA games per week on satellite. And most of the games were like Bulls games, Lakers games. They're putting on the popular teams. And then so the games that I were, I started watching were were like Bulls games, Lakers games. I would I would get like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen game highlights, Magic Johnson highlights. You know, back then like Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler, all these athletic guards type players. And I always thought that the centers were kind of boring. They always kind of stood around the basket. They're slow. They can rebound and dunk just because they're big. And then I watched the Spurs game and I see this guy wearing number fifty. He's center. I assumed he's a he's a boring guy, but he was just he was sprinting down the floor, beating everybody down the floor. Literally, he was dunking on people. He was rebounding like crazy, blocking shots, and I was just so amazed with his you know with his talent, athleticism, and you know I I can't remember which game it was. I remember it was a Spurs home game because I it was because the Spurs were wearing a white jersey, and Right then, when I as soon as I watched like David Robinson play, I was like, "Wow!" He just gave me this totally, you know, different view of of the NBA of of, of basketball. And then since then, I've been ever since that moment. Uh, I've been a Spurs fan since then. Yeah. So, do you so have any funny like stories too? Did you did you steal any Spurs basketballs <laughs> or jerseys, much like Chris Duell? <laughs> Funny stories. Uh, not, not. I didn't steal anything, but like you know, uh, I've been able to visit San Antonio 16 times now. And during my last visit, for example, I had this really cool opportunity to actually meet David Robinson. Oh, uh, nice. So what happened was I went to train at uh, Jason Nichols's gym. He is the kickboxing trainer for Tim Duncan, and also he also trains David Robinson. I think Sean Elliott goes there as well. So I was texting. I sent a message on Facebook to Jason. I was like, "Could you train me for for a couple of sessions?" He's like, "Yeah." So I went to train with Jason, and then I was explaining to Jason how I became a basketball fan and watching David Robinson play, and he was like, 
man, you came all the way from Tokyo, and if been if if you've been been a fan for for that long, I I gotta set something up for you. And then like the next day, uh, I think it was like the it was like the second regular season game of the season. The the Spurs were playing the Washington Wizards at the AT and T Center, and then. Jason, I saw I saw Jason at the game. He says, "I'm gonna get you. I'll, I'll introduce you, to David Robinson, at halftime." And so I thought it was going to be just like a kind of a brief meetup, you know, just say hi, you know, shake hands, you know, take a picture, maybe get something signed, maybe like a three minute, you know, meetup. But so we, me and Jason and his wife Tracy, we went to we went backstage to the owner's lounge at the AT&T Center, AT Center, and David met us there, and I was thinking it was going to be like a really brief meetup. I, I didn't want to waste his time and stuff, but instead he, wait, he invited us inside the lounge, and we, we, we literally hung out for maybe like half an hour. I don't remember exactly what I told him. I did tell him that he was my hero growing up, and like... I'm sitting at a sofa, and right next to me, I have like David Robinson right next to me. I'm my hands are all sweaty. I'm getting all thirsty and stuff. So, yeah, but he he was really nice. He was really nice. I did get to, uh, I did have the opportunity to give him a, a box of a wasabi kitka to David Robinson uh, personally. I got a picture with him. He, I, I um, and he signed my jersey and he even personalized it. He wrote to Taro, best wishes. So that that was like a really cool moment for me. Yeah, during my last yeah during my last trip to San Antonio. Oh, that's great. That's a good. That's a great story to to share with everybody. Chris, do you have any uh, Spurs stories that you'd like to share? You know, anything that really stood out to you? You know, growing up as a Spurs fan. Uh, I, I I got a bunch, but I I won't. Uh you know, burden you with all of them. I, I was telling my friend the other day, and I, I mentioned his name a lot because he's the guy I grew up with and used to go to Spurs games with. Uh, his name is Steve Duraco. But I was telling Steve, there was one time the Spurs, this is like 1975-76, last year of the ABA, and they were practicing at Blossom Athletic Center. They did not have a practice facility. And Access was just wide open. If anybody wanted to go watch a Spurs practice, they could. And not that many people did. So we go into Blossom to watch the practice. It's me and Steve and maybe nine other people in the bleachers watching the practice. And uh, one of our favorite Spurs was a, a backup, and he didn't get to play much. His name was Henry Ward. He was number 15. He went to Jackson State. He was a backup for the Spurs. And... It, we were underage. I was like 75, 76. I was 15 or 16. That means Steve was 16 or 17. In the back of his pickup truck, he had an ice chest full of Schlitz beer. So we, we watched the practice, and after the practice, uh, the players come out of the shower, and we say to Henry, we go, hey, Henry, we got beer in the parking lot if you want a beer. And Henry goes, yeah. So Henry Ward, a spur, comes into the parking lot, we are sitting on the back of Steve's pickup truck with an ice chest full of Schlitz beer, and we're drinking a Schlitz beer with Henry, and these other Spurs are walking out, like James Silas and some other Spurs, and Henry goes, hey, man, we got beer over here. And like three or four other Spurs came, including James Silas, and they're hanging out and they're drinking beer with us after practice, and it was like I was in heaven. It's like I am drinking beer with Henry Ward and James Silas, and it was one of the coolest moments for me as a Spurs fan. 
Wow, that's a great story. I never, you never <laughs> told me that story, so I'm glad that you finally decided to share it with us. <laughs> so I want to ask you another question, though. Like, all time, Chris, like, who is your favorite all time spur or spurs? Since it's so hard to pick one, uh, what players have you really fallen fallen in love with as a Spurs fan? Well, and, and uh, I go back to season number one, as you know, the Spurs had a guy originally, and he first played with the Dallas Chaparrales. His name was Rich Jones. He was number 33 for the Spurs, an original Spur. He was like 6'8", 235, uh, an enforcer. I mean, if there would be fights in the ABA, and Rich would... If anybody would mess with Gervin or James Silas, Rich Jones would hurt them. But he was the <laughs> nicest guy to us. And, you know, we used to go to the Hemisphere Arena. We would get there at like 5.30 in the afternoon after school, and we, we knew where the players parked. So we would wait for the players to come in, park their car, and we would walk in with them, talking to them, getting autographs or whatever. And Rich Jones was like the coolest guy ever to us. He was later traded... Uh, to the New York Nets in the trade that sent Swin Nader and Rich Jones to the Nets. We got Mike Gale and Larry Keenan and Billy Paltz. And point of trivia, uh, in the final ABA game ever between the New York Nets and the Denver Nuggets in the finals of the ABA finals in 76, the last play of the game as the clock went to 0-0, the New York Nets won and Rich Jones got a rebound and put the ball back up and scored the last man to touch a red, white, and blue ABA ball and the last guy to score in the ABA was Rich Jones. He was my favorite spur in season number one, and to this day, uh, he's still my favorite spur. I asked, years later, I asked Kobe Dietrich, I said, what, whatever happened to Rich Jones? Where is he now? And he wound up being a bouncer at a nightclub in Las Vegas or at a casino in Las Vegas. So I, I always wanted to, like, get in a car and go on a road trip and find Rich Jones and tell him he was my favorite Spur ever. Oh, that's a great story, man. I'm glad you shared that with us and the viewers. <laughs> uh, I got to ask Taro, too. And, and this is a, a story. We're going to kind of go down uh, memory lane, me and Taro here for a minute. Um, I remember specifically one time, uh, Taro, and this is a moment that I'm going to share with everybody. The Carver Academy, they had just opened up or they had just finished construction on the David Robinson kind of memorial that they have there. And the Carver Academy, when you walk in, they have a really good uh, tribute to David Robinson, showing all his accolades. It's very interactive. Uh, it, it's a unique experience, and it's right there in the school. Uh, Taro had just come down uh, from Japan, and we, we, you know, he had went to a game, and he's like, the next day, he's like, hey, Joe, I want to go check out the Carver Academy. And I'm like, I don't know if it's open to the public or not, Taro, but if you're down, I'm down. Let's go. You know, because me and Taro always get into places we got no business being in, you know, and Taro's like, well, I talked to the people and they said for us to go ahead and go down there. So we go down to the to the Carver Academy and it hasn't even been open, I don't think, to the media or anybody yet. But me and Taro get into the Carver Academy and, and this is while school's going on and they let us get a sneak peek at the David Robinson me Memorial that they have there. So that was a unique uh, opportunity and moment. That I that I shared with Taro. Uh, Taro, do you want to uh, emphasize about you know what it, the experience was like? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, li like you said, it was the, the it was at the Carver Academy, the David Robinson Museum. That, that kind of just opened up, and I, I remember 
what so what happened was I I called originally called the Carver Academy uh, whether if I could go see the the David Robinson Museum and then but because it was within the school facilities the the person who who took me took my call said no but then I I asked her I'm a big David Robinson fan I've been following the Spurs for like thirty years and I'm actually coming from Japan and then she's like oh okay. Let me do something about it, and then that's how we got in. and And the place was so beautiful; it br- it brought back so many of my memories. I think it, it even had the David's game worn jerseys, uh, yeah, and stuff. So it, it was a really nice place. It was a real, real cool experience. Yeah, if you've never been, Chris, you go in there, and it's very interactive. Like I said, where you they show you where to step. They have footprints on the ground, and when you step wow. on the footprints, yeah. a video will start playing uh, of whatever it is that. <laughs> You're looking at, say if it's a jersey, they play a video and they show David Robinson in said jersey and show what he was doing at that point in time. And there's several exhibits that are like that that are very interactive. They have all his jerseys. They have the trophies, everything. It's a really unique experience. And I was just honored that I was able to share that with, with my good friend Taro Katani. And little known fact, people don't know this, but every time Taro comes into town, one of the things that we do is we try to uh, share some unique experiences and what I did one time is I took him around town to show him uh, a lot of these murals that we have here. And yeah, he, he yeah. really enjoyed that. And we also ate at this burger place that's out there in Southtown. I don't remember what it was called. And Taro goes in there and he's always telling me, Joe, I love me some big American cheeseburgers. That's his favorite <laughs> food here when he comes to visit. So I took him to the burger place because I heard good things about it. It's right across from the Southtown 101. And... Um, of all things, Taro, I think he's going to, you know, order the biggest burger ever because we just finished watching or looking at the David Robinson, Timmy, Manu mural that they have right there on the on the building, on the side of the building. No, of all things, he gets the Japan burger, the Japanese burger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told him, well, how was the burger? Taro was interesting to me. You know, the, the stuff that they had in the burger. And Taro looks at me and he's like, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's why you should have stuck to the American burger. But yeah. it was a, a unique day. It was a fun day, you know, that I got to share with my friend Taro Katani. And every time I go anywhere with Taro and we share these experiences around town, whether it might be just having fun looking at some neat uh, Spurs, you know, murals or whatever it might be that he wants to look at, it's always a good time. Even the mayor, I think that's one of the most iconic things that I think we've all done t- together is we met Ron... Nirenberg, we were invited to the mayor's office and he got to talk with Taro and, and we were there to witness that. And to me, that was one of the, the most special moments that I was able to share, not only with Taro, but with you as well, Chris. And I just remember us smiling, beaming with the uh, joy and excitement that, that Taro was able to meet the mayor. I, I know you remember that, right, Chris? Well, yeah. And, and that was such a, and I, I'm a huge fan of Mayor Ron Nirenberg. I, I think he gets it. He knows the importance of the Spurs. He knows the importance of sports in San Antonio. And for any of your viewers, Joe, who may not know the background of Taro, uh, as the, I mean, not only us saying, and it's true, he's the greatest international Spurs fan, having traveled from Tokyo to San Antonio, you know, 16 times to see the Spurs. But, you know, Tony Parker went to Japan a few months ago, recognized Taro, met with him on stage. Uh, he said uh, Taro's the greatest fan in Japan, uh, and, and I would say internationally. But 
again, for me, to have seen the Spurs season number one uh, in 1973 at the Hemisphere Arena, and, and we didn't know if it would last. We didn't know. Certainly had no idea this team would get in the NBA. For this team to now have an international following, and Joe, for you and for me as Spurs fans, to meet Taro from Tokyo when he comes to town, hang out with him, you know, and, and, and here this is our hometown, and here's this guy on the other side of the globe in Tokyo, Japan, who became a Spurs fan, and he makes the pilgrimage here, you know, either every year or multiple times in a Spurs season to see the Spurs. Uh, that That's just a whole new level of, of just being a Spurs fan and knowing uh, an international Spurs fan. So I, I agree with you. That is a privilege for you and for me, Joe, uh, to know Taro as we do and, you know, to, to go and, and meet with the mayor of San Antonio. And what was cool about the mayor, and, and, and this just shows you how visionary and forward thinking the mayor is. One of the things the mayor did when Taro was there, he gave him a special Ron Nirenberg, mayor of San Antonio, <laughs> business card that was in Japanese. Yeah, so Japanese. The mayor yeah. realizes the global reach of the city of San Antonio and the Spurs. Mm -hmm. He just happened to have a business card that was in Japanese to give to Taro. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, that was amazing, you know, yeah, that, that he was able to do that. Yeah. Go ahead, Taro. Yeah. Yeah. And I have that business card in my wallet all the time. Yeah. It's like wow. a good luck charm. Yeah. Wow. From San Antonio. Yeah. And the mayor also yeah. presented and him the with mayor, a medal, right? He gave you a medal. Yeah, with the medals. Yeah. 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 Well, we're still in touch. I I, I just celebrated my fortieth birthday in September. Yeah, he sent me a, a birthday message on my birthday, so nice. he's really cool. Nice. Very nice. I was going to ask you, too. Uh, we're going to go back to Chris here because I shared my little tidbit, my little story with you guys that involved all of us. Chris, what iconic moment stood out to you? And it doesn't like I stated, it doesn't have to be in the context of I was at a game or I was in the arena. An iconic moment that just stood out to you that just like almost left you breathless, you know, with with no words, because you knew that you had just witnessed history. You know, what type of moment stood out to you as a Spurs fan? What what iconic moment that maybe you even shared with family is it that's something that you can share with us? For for me, and, and again, you know, having just been a Spurs fan since I was a kid, what I used to do uh many years ago, um I was the in-arena announcer guy doing kind of what Chuck Corode now does for the Spurs. Before Chuck Corode did that, you know, where you're, you do giveaways, you do some things with the Coyote and things with the fans. We'd, we'd ask trivia questions. So I did that for about four years. I had all access at the AT&T Center to, to go to the games and, you know, do things on the, on the big Jumbotron-like screen. So I was there when the Spurs won their championship against the New Jersey Nets. Um, and, and as you'll recall, when they beat the New York Knicks, that was on the road in 1999 at Madison Square Garden. So it was really cool when they won the championship against the New Jersey Nets. They won it here in San Antonio. So as the clock went to zero, uh, I was down there standing on the court at that moment. And as everybody's congratulating everybody, 
you know, families coming out, uh, players congratulating one another. The ceremony is about to happen. Uh, I was I was able to, to like go right up to Tim Duncan and shake his hand and congratulate him. Oh, nice. uh, like mom- moments after winning the championship against the New Jersey Nets. So just to for a, a kid who grew up as a Spurs fan in the ABA, never had any idea that they'd be in the NBA, and then. So many years for younger Spurs fans, so many years, even in the NBA, we thought we're never going to win the NBA championship. There was that conspiracy theory that the NBA a, would never let a small market team win because that wouldn't be good for the ratings. And there was a conspiracy theory that Red Auerbach and a lot of these longtime NBA guys never wanted an ABA team to win. They never wanted the Spurs or the Pacers or the Nuggets or the Nets to win. And oh, by the way, that Spurs Nets were two, the two ABA teams in the finals. So yeah, to be there at the finals on the floor with the greatest Spur ever, Tim Duncan, and shake his hand after winning the championship, that was a, a cool, cool moment for me. Yeah, that is a very cool moment. It'll stay with you forever, you know? So, yeah. you know, it was one of these things that you were privy to, to be witness to. You, you were part of history, you know? So that's amazing. Uh, same question to you, Taro. You know, what iconic moment has stood out to you as you being a Spurs fan that you would like to share with, you know, the, the listeners and the viewers? Man, it's, there's been so many iconic moments, but one of the things that I I'd really enjoyed was, you know, as much as I've been able to visit San Antonio, uh, it's, it's something that brought my family together as well. You know, uh, growing up, but up until like high school, like, my sister, my mom, my dad, we, we would watch TV together. And often when we're watching basketball, it's, it's the Spurs game, it's Spurs games. And I remember, yeah, so we, we would, so like, you know, watching Spurs games, that kind of bonded my family together. And I remember, uh, game five of the 1999 NBA finals. Uh, it was that the game was played either on like a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning in Tokyo. And I remember watching that game with my dad. And, you know, growing up, I never really had a good relationship with my dad. He was kind of always the stubborn guy. So I never really talked to him. But we were, yeah, it was just the two of us in the house. We were watching Game 5, the NBA Finals. And then, yeah, he, yeah, you know, as the game went along, he was telling me, oh, this, this guy wearing number 21, he's really good. And then... He knew that, you know, David Robinson and Sean Elliott were the two guys who brought me into basketball. And then when the, when the final buzzer went and when, as we see the, the players celebrate, you know, my dad was telling me, Hey, look at David Robinson and Sean Elliott. You know, you know, you know, we're happy for him. You should be happy for him. And I remember those conversations kind of, you know, reflecting, you know, kind of bringing my family together a lot of times. So that's kind of like an iconic. Not like a single moment, but, you know, the, the whole time that the, you know, the Spurs have been able to kind of bring my family together, bring the same interest, you know, in the in the family. So that, that's been like a really, you know, a fine experience for me and my, for, my, for my family. Oh, thank you for sharing that intimate moment, you know, that you, you shared with your father. Uh, that, that was really amazing for you to, to share that with us. Uh, it's a really beautiful yeah, story, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I still remember to this day very vividly. It's, it's the, it's the, that was the first championship for the Spurs. And I never, I hardly ever talked to my dad, even when I like, when we're together. But, you know, that, that game, I, I, I remember, 
during the game, the course of the game, we would talk, you know, look at, you know, or look at David Robinson, look at Sean Elliott, you know, Tim Duncan, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, because we, we remember, because I remember in 1995, August, when Sean Elliott did his first uh, basketball camp in Tokyo, my dad was the one who took me to the camp. So my dad remembers, you know, me kind of getting excited, you know, you know seeing Sean Elliott in person. I mean, back in the day, there was no social media, no internet, so you can kind of imagine how you know excited I was, and then to see him, you know, kind of su- succeed, you know, win the championship. You know, it was on TV, but like we kind of remember those moments that you know we got to see Sean Elliott, you know, in person, and then now uh, to see him win the championship, that was kind of like a special moment for us. You know? Oh, that's great, man! And I got to ask you too. We're gonna circle back here real quick as we start bringing this to an end, Chris. I got to ask you, what is your favorite piece of Spurs gear that you own? Like, you absolutely love it. You have to have it. Maybe a special game comes out and you're like, I can't leave the house without this piece (laughs) of Spurs gear. (laughs) Well, first of all, the first thing that comes to mind, I, I hold it in my hands and I will put them on right now. I have Spurs glasses. That were given to me by you, Joe <laughs> Garcia. Uh, both of you guys uh, have have been so cool to me coming on my radio show. You know, Taro not as much because he lives in Tokyo. But whenever Taro comes to town, uh, you know, I invite him in studio. It's great to have him. Joe, you have been not only on my show here uh, on Ticket 760, but uh, I do pregame, halftime, and postgame and Spurs React over on 1200 WOAI. And you have come in many times on Spurs React, Joe. You gave me these Spurs glasses that, uh, to this day, I wear them into the studio. I, I, I do Facebook Live during my radio show. So I, I put these on. And I, I, I never, you know, I, I never came across these. I don't even know where you got these. But I never had Spurs glasses before. So, A, I love them because they're Spurs glasses. And, B, they mean a lot to me, Joe. Because you gave these to me. It's not like I just picked them up somewhere. It's like uh, they were gifted to me by you. And I know you're such a huge Spurs fan. So I would say these, and I also, and you've seen me wear it. I, I started wearing a Spurs hard hat. I have a hard hat with Spurs stickers on it. And I wear it when the Spurs play a hard, difficult game. I figure, all right, time to wear the hard hat. Spurs have a pretty good, better than usual winning percentage when I wear the hard hat. So. Number one, Spurs glasses. Number two, my Spurs hard hat. There you go. Well, I'm glad you like those glasses, actually. The Spurs are the (laughs) ones who gave me those glasses because they had invited the Spurs fans a while back uh, to show up in the the parking lot. I remember it was a hot summer day because they were doing a promo for the upcoming season, and it was going to be part of the Mm -hmm. video that they showed up on the Jumbotron. So they invited a, a big group of Spurs fans. And as you went and you, you signed your waiver, they gave you a pair, uh, a couple pairs of Spurs glasses and a T-shirt. So I was like, okay, well, they're paying me for my time. And I, I've come across these glasses several times. So I had like four pairs of them. That's why I was like, oh, I know who, who would like a pair of these glasses. The great Chris Duell, you know. So there you go. <laughs> it goes with your personality. Thank you very much. There you go. And Taro, same question to you. 
what is your favorite piece of Spurs gear? Because I know you've made the trip 16 times to San Antonio. Yeah. And you're always yeah. going to the Spurs fan shop and just going around town with various friends that you have here. I mean, what sticks out to you or at you that you got to share yeah. with the Spurs fans, your favorite piece of Spurs gear? Favorite piece of Spurs gear, man. I, I buy so I, I do I like like you know I collect uh, a lot of jerseys, and I've been fortunate enough to to get into the arena early, so I I do get opportunities to get my jerseys signed. But like I said, you know you know David Robinson, he was the person who brought me into the Spurs, who brought me into basketball, and then to see him during my last trip, and went to the. I had his jersey. I bought the, the jersey that day when I met David Robinson at the, the fan shop. And then to see, you know, David Robinson, who brought me into basketball in person, to be able to tell him that it, he was my hero growing up, and then to see him sign the jersey uh, right in front of me, saying, writing to Taro, best wishes, David Robinson. And then he also gave me a verse from the, the Bible. So that... That whole like experience, you know, like it's like I don't know that that that's never gonna be topped. I, it's that was just like a crazy, you know, crazy moment for me, you know, be you know, having having seen David Robinson all these years on on TV. I do recognize him at the arena, but I've never been able to kind of you know talk to him or anything. But you know, to to be able to kind of finally get in touch with him and then to get that jersey signed with my name on it. That that has to be like the absolute best Spurs gear for me. Oh wow! I'm I'm sure you have a special place for that over in your apartment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's gonna touch. Nobody's gonna touch that one. <laughs> He's very protective. So if you ever visit Taro, don't yeah. touch the jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and and bring this show to an end. But right before we do, Chris, do you want to share any thoughts about the upcoming season? You know, for Spurs fans, because Spurs fans. And just fans in general, we've been on a roller coaster ride this season. You know, we as Spurs fans were, you know, critical of what's going on, what's going on with Pop. Oh, it's time to hit the panic button. How many times do we hear that one, Chris? And look at how good the Spurs looked in the NBA bubble. It gave me really uh, hope that this next season is going to be that much more exciting to watch with these young players. So any, any thoughts that you'd like to share in closing about the upcoming season? Well, Joe, I think you nailed it. I mean, the young players look so good, specifically Kelvin Johnson. Uh, you know, you look at his rookie season and you look at his performance as a rookie in the bubble, and I think you can compare it to Tony Parker's rookie season. I think you can compare it to the, the, the first season that Manu started really uh, touching the ball and having an impact. The next big star may be Keldon Johnson. And, and if he is or if he isn't, my goodness, uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth has such a bright future. DeJounte Murray. So you've got this young core that is incredible. Derek White is really coming into his own offensively and defensively. Spurs are going to have a very high draft pick in this upcoming NBA draft. Uh, we will see if uh, DeMar DeRozan opts in. I, I think the Spurs have a nice mix of veteran leadership, uh, you know, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. It's good to have the veteran leadership in addition to the young guys. So uh, I think a very exciting season for the Spurs. I think the Spurs go back to the playoffs. I, I think if they had a few more games in the bubble, they were certainly on the rise and 
and knocking on the door. So uh, I think the future looks very, very bright for the Spurs. And again, it's a credit to R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich, and this entire Spurs organization. Uh, you, you know, the, the, what happened with Kawhi Leonard, you take one of the top five players in the NBA who just says, I'm out to a team, that team is going to gonna really fall and have to build back up. And uh, I, I think the Spurs have done that in short order. I think they're going to be just fine and, and be very, very good this season. Yeah, and, and, and closing here too, Chris, let the viewers know where they can see and hear your your show that's so entertaining in the mornings. Oh, thank you. I get to pimp my show. I am on uh, Ticket 760 every morning, 760 a.m. on the radio. We're also on Facebook Live. Uh, we do a, a video similar to this on Facebook Live every morning. Uh, Ticket 760's Facebook page. So Central Time, San Antonio, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And when the Spurs season comes back, uh, I'm on that broadcast. Bill Shoning, of course, the play-by-play man for the Spurs at the game. But I'm the in-studio guy, so pregame, halftime, postgame, and Spurs react on 1200 WOAI, frequently with special guest Joe Garcia, and whenever possible, from Tokyo, whenever he's in town, Taro Kotani. So there you go. Make sure you go ahead and listen to Chris's show, the Chris Duel Show, on the ticket 760 in the a.m. starting at 6 a.m. Uh, Taro, in closing here, same question. You know, um, what do you think about the upcoming season? You know, any thoughts you'd like to share as we close this show? Yeah, um, a lot of things similar to what Chris said. I, I know, honestly, I mean, I don't think the Spurs are going to be like championship contenders or anything, but I think they've, you know, you know, looking at the games at the bubble, they've sort of pivoted in one direction. They've kind of unleashed the young talents and, you know, Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, uh, Lonnie Walker, they, they're very exciting to watch. Uh, a lot of upside. Derek White, I think he's like, what, he's 26, so he's really going into his prime. And if we, if what, you know, we were able to see in the bubble is any sort of like an indication of what we're going to see next season, he, he is really going to be, you know, a really good player, I think. Could be like a possibly an all-star type player, I think. And then Keldon Johnson, he just took off in the bubble. So there's a lot of excitement. I think this is kind of what the fans kind of wanted to see, you know, you know, over the last year or so, you know, rather than kind of dumping the ball to LaMarcus Aldridge every time down the floor. So I'm really excited about next season, uh, you know. So, like Chris said, I think there's a legit chance that the Spurs are going to make it back to the playoffs next year. So, I'm very, very excited. That's what I've been telling all the Spurs fans as well. Be optimistic. Don't be looking at the season with your head down and saying, oh, we might miss the playoffs again. Be optimistic. Believe in this team. You know, I've even said the same thing uh, with our good friend, uh, Jeff Garcia, on his Locked on Spurs podcast. And he makes fun of me sometimes, Chris, but I tell him, Damn it, I can be optimistic if I want to. You leave me alone. <laughs> Absolutely. And you should be. And in pop, we trust. If pop will make it right. And there you go. So, gentlemen, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring this show to a close. But I want to thank both Taro Katani and Chris Duell for being the first uh, fans as we share this new segment called the Spurs Fan Spotlight. So for Chris Duell and Taro Katani, I'm Joe Garcia, and thank you for watching this special edition of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace. <laughs>